We're gonna dive back into this message today. For those that, um, that know, this is, last week I kinda did a stand-alone message called 21, um, 21 Days to Changing Your 2021. And I thought it was gonna be a standalone, but I really feel like I need to continue this. And so we're gonna continue kind of this idea as we start our prayer and fasting. So last week I said this statement, I'm gonna say it again, and that is that 2021 can be your greatest year spiritually, uh, your greatest year, if it's your greatest year spiritually. And so we do this at the beginning of every year with uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I wanna, I wanna walk you through this just real quick before we dive into the message because uh, some people don't know what that really is. And if you, if you don't know, you can go back and I did a whole message on it last week. But let me prep us today with tomorrow starts the 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's gonna go from January 11th to January 31st. And I wanna show you what the theme is. So we do a theme with every prayer and fasting. And so the theme is this. Let me, let me show you the verse. The verse is found in Joel chapter two. And it says this, even now declares the Lord. Everybody tell me these three words. Return. return to me. So that's the theme. The theme for this 21 days is gonna be return to me. With all your heart and with fasting and weeping and mourning, the Lord says this, watch this, I love this. I will what? I'm gonna give you back what you lost. How many know this year has been a year of loss? People have lost relationships, people have lost jobs, lost money, lost encouragement. Even many people have lost faith in this season. And I, you know, it's a time for us to get it back. Come on, 2021, we're gonna get back what the enemy took from us. We're gonna return to him and let God do what he wants to do as we pursue him in prayer and fasting. So I wanna show you how we're gonna do that. We made it real simple. So um, before we prepped for this, 21 days, I had someone come up to me and said, Pastor Josh, I know normally we uh, do all of our stuff on Facebook, which we do. We get all of our staff to go on every day and do um, live prayer and all that stuff, which has been great. The problem is, and this is what this person told me, I fast social media during it. And so it makes it really challenging. So I said, you know what? We're gonna do something different this year. So this is what we're gonna do this year. Um, everybody, pull out your phone. I'm, yes, I'm asking you in church to pull your phone out. So uh, if you're at home, you can pull out your phone as well. Uh, maybe you're watching this on your phone, so it's already pulled out. So uh, I, I wanna show you what we're gonna do here, okay? So this is what we're gonna do. Uh, guys, help me with this. I want you to do this. I want you to open up your phone. I want you to text, pray first, P-R-A-Y, the number one, S-T, all one word, to this number right here, 94000. You can do it right now. And uh, if you've done it already, say, you can say, I've done it, I'm done. Uh, we have about 100 and about 25 people that had already done it before this Sunday. We started rolling this out on Friday. But let me tell you what you're signing up for, okay? You can opt out of this at any time, just to let you know as well. Um, let me tell you what you're not signing up for. You're not signing up for a group text. How I many know nobody wants to be up in no group text, all right? So <laughs> I would not do that to you. All right, what you're signing up for is you are going to every day for the next 21 days, starting tomorrow at 7 a.m., you're gonna receive a text message from us. In this text message is going to be a link to a prayer devotional that we are doing via video. So you're gonna get the video, um, you're gonna get the scripture of the day, and you're gonna just get things to pray for on that day, all right? So we're gonna bring it to you via text message. Uh, I know not everybody has Facebook, not everybody goes to YouTube, and a lot of people are fasting those things, 
but everybody, mostly everybody's got a phone. So we're gonna send it to you, and uh, you can use that. You can, you can watch it at any point in the day. Um, it's, it's for you to use when you want to. We're just doing it at 7 a.m. because we want you to start your day off in God's word and uh, be surrounded around just prayer and all that stuff. So this, this is what's gonna happen. All right, everybody say, what's next? Come on, let's do it again. Everybody say, what's next? Okay, good. I'm glad you asked. Okay, so we are also going to do in-person things during this 21 days. So we're going to do nights of prayer, kicking off tomorrow night. So tomorrow night at 6 o'clock right here in this building, we are going to do uh, a night of prayer. It is one hour, um, and we go after the heart of God. We're going to do it three times during these 21 days, uh, and all of them are going to be, as of right now, it looks like all of them are beyond money. The only one that is, uh, may move around is the hospital one. But we'll be here for this week, next Monday, and then the next week we're gonna go to Jennings Hospital and we're gonna pray over the hospital like we did in August um, and come together and do all that. It's a powerful time. There is no childcare, so I just wanna go ahead and let you know that. Um, but your kids are welcome to come and be a part of this. We worship, we pray, we worship. Um, we're excited. Tomorrow we have a guest worship leader that's gonna be helping us tomorrow night, and it's gonna be good. We'll get you out for seven, I promise you, because we know your kids have school and you got work and all that, so we're not gonna keep you past that. But we'd love for you to come and join us for that. All right, everybody say, what's next? Good, I'm glad you asked. All right, so um, we, there are four types of fast. So if you are, have never fasted before, or, or maybe when you think about fasting, it's, it's only in a certain way, I wanna, I wanna introduce you to four types of fast that we see throughout scripture. So the first one is what, what's called a complete fast, which is uh, only liquids, like nothing else, only liquids. Now, I would just say if you've never done a fast, maybe not start with this one. <laughs> um, you'll be screaming at a lot of people. So, um, I, but if the Lord calls you to, you need to do it. But this is, uh, this is a pretty intense one. Um, this is what we, we see Jesus in this one when he does the 40 days, we, we see all that. So there's many people in scripture that have done this one. So that's one option. A selective fast is um, where you would get what we see like a Daniel fast. You've ever heard of a Daniel fast? A Daniel fast is no meats, no sweets, no breads. So you are selecting certain things out of your diet. Um, my boys have selected cauliflower to fast. They're just fasting all of that. Anybody else want to join them? Cauliflower fast. All vegetables. Fast all vegetables. Um, so there may be certain things. For some of you, it may be, you know, a, a drink. It may be coffee. It may be chocolate. It may be candy. It may be, you know, there may be some things that you're selecting out of your diet that you're just going to say no. <clears throat> then there's the partial fast. The partial fast is where you um, fast maybe a meal. So this is where you would get like a Jewish fast. So a Jewish fast is, you know, they fast food from a certain time to a certain time. So maybe you choose to fast breakfast or fast lunch or dinner or whatever that may be for you. So you can choose the partial one. And then the last one is one that I honestly encourage all of us to go on, no matter if you're doing these other ones, and that's what's called a soul fast. And so this is a fast where you're just going to start fasting things that are just toxic to your soul. Um, I mean, you know, we could all fast some social media. We could all fast some television. We could all fast movies. We could all fast entertainment for, for some time. And so I wanna encourage you to do this. Um, my boys will be participating in that with us. Like they're gonna fast some video games. Um, you know, so you can figure out what that looks like for you and your family and your kids. All I would encourage you to do is um, to do something that, that really is a big deal for you. Um, and, and it's not because it's, like we said last week, it's not penance. It's not because we're trying to like earn something. 
but it's, we're, we're trying to just get things out of our life for 21 days that takes up a lot of it so we can spend more time um, with God. So with that is the last thing, and that is we have an entire website. If you go to OSC Connect, which is our main website, but if you do 21 days, backslash 21 days, there is an entire website dedicated to all of this. And it's got so many more details than I have time to share because we need to get into the message, but you can see the theme of this. Um, and I wanna direct you to two thoughts, okay? Two things that I want you to do if you go to this, um, you can get to this via the app or the website. There is two things on, the, on, the, on this page that I want you to know. There's a prayer and fasting guide. It's about a five or six page um, guide that will, if you've never done this before, get that. It's gonna show you everything that we're praying for for 21 days. It's going to show you um, how to pray, how to fast. It's gonna tell you what to do when you come off a fast. There's a lot of great details in that. And then the other thing I'm really excited about is Lucy and our entire OSC Kids team put together a custom OSC Kids prayer and fasting guide for 21 days. And so they designed it all. It is uh, like 40 pages. It's, it's, I've looked through it. It's amazing. And your kids will have something to do every single day during the fast. And so if you are at home and your kids are not here, you can go download this and print it. If your kids are here, they're walking away with it today. And so they're gonna get it when they leave today. Isn't that exciting? Isn't it really cool that that's gonna be a part? And, um, and, I, and I also want to say our youth are, are participating in this as well. So if your kids come to OSC Youth, um, their tribe leaders are going to be talking to them every day through the fast. And so if your kids don't go to OSC Youth, this is a great time for them to get plugged in to OSC Youth because they're gonna be going through it as a small group as well. So really excited about all that God wants to do here. Listen, um, fasting is not a diet. Just want you to know, you may lose some weight, praise God. Um, but watch this, a diet changes the way you look, but a fast changes the way you see. Come on, how many know we need God to change the way we see things? And so that's what we're gonna dive into uh, today. So excited about that. All right, if you, um, if you got the app out and you wanna pull out these notes, let's dive today into the message. We're gonna dive into this and uh, see all that God has for us in part two of our series, 21 Days That Can Change Your 2021. The title of today's message is called Passionate People. I'm calling today's message Passionate People. We know we have core values here at our church that kind of underline who we are as a church. Now, we all know that we are a church that reaches people and builds lives. That's kind of the mission of our church. We know that we wanna, we wanna see people know God and find freedom and discover their purpose and make a difference. Those are all things that you see in here. But even underneath all of that, there are values that drive what we do. So one of them is joy is our choice. Like, like we wanna be joyful in no matter what we go through. Generosity is our privilege, that we get the opportunity to be generous. Another one uh, that we have is excellence is our pursuit. Like everything that we do from events to services, we want it to be excellent because how many know the king deserves our best? Everything that we have. But our leading value that we have here at our church is Jesus is our passion. Jesus is our passion. That when people walk away from one of our church services or they walk away from someone who calls OSC home, that people would say, I don't know what it is about our Savior's church, but one thing I know, those people love Jesus a lot. That's what we want to be known for. I hope every follower of Christ would wanna be known for that. 
But um, I did a message uh, years back called I See a Church, and we wrote down some statements of like, what is the kind of church that we wanna be? What is the kind of church that we wanna see and become? And I wanna pull one line from that message, and I'm gonna use that as the beginning of today's message. And it said this, I see a church where the people have found a relationship with God instead of religion, and where living for God is no longer a what? A duty, it's a delight. How many of you grew up going to church and it was a duty? Come on, anybody know? Your parents are like, it's time for church. You're like, no! The Bible says, David said, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Come on, how many? Most of us grew up, I was sad to go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when we went to Shoney's afterwards, but I was not glad to go. I mean, it was boring and it was just like, it was just ritual and it was just like, why am I have, there's so many other things I could be doing during this time. That has never been our desire since the beginning of this church. It's always been that we would build a church that was attractive to people that they want to come to, that they desire to want to go, that they don't find religion. I mean, no, religion is duty and rituals, and you got to do the same thing over and over again. It can be somewhat habitual, but relationship is delight, and it's love, and it's passion, and it's fire, and it's exciting, and that's the kind of church we've always desired to be. What would it look like if Bible reading wasn't a duty, but it was a delight? What would it look like if prayer wasn't a duty, but it was a delight? What would it look like if giving to the Lord was not a duty, but a delight? And serving in God's church, like people who actually served, like actually had a smile. And like you pull into a parking lot and they're like, right here. <laughs> what? Nobody wants that. Are you go bring your kids in there? How, how terrifying would that be for your children? They walked into the room and you know, you had like the wicked witch of the West that was their Sunday school teacher, like, come on in here. <laughs> Like, it would be weird, right? I mean, like, but to have people that, like, have smiles on their faces and are excited to serve. Like, I've never seen people so excited to park a car. There ain't nothing sexy about parking a car. But you know what? They don't do it for you. They do it because they love Jesus. So, so whether it's making coffee or working in our production booth, or whatever that may be, or leading a life group, or just being out in public with people, like just having smiles and being passionate about what you do. This is the, the type of church that God has called us to be. And we know this because it's one of the commandments that God called us to do. We know that Jesus summarized the 10 commandments with two commandments, and one of the commandments was this. Watch this. Matthew says it this way, or Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with, everybody help me with this, all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Like, like everything you got. I don't know if there's anything left of us. <laughs> everything you got, mind, soul, strength, like all that you have, love God with everything that you have. And how many of you know when you like love something, everybody knows about it? Y'all know like, y'all ever seen people when they had their first child? You know about it even if you don't wanna know about it. You're like, I'm tired of pictures of this baby, okay? Like, it, they, they just want you to know. Like, if you get a job or you get a new car or you get, get newly married or whatever it may be, like, they just, they talk about it. They tell everybody about it. They don't care if you know or don't know because they're so passionate about it. It just overflows in everything that they do. If you go to a, a great restaurant or go see a great movie, what, what do you do? You talk about it. You tell everybody about it. Why? Because they're so passionate about it. 
This is why we have shirts that go around that say, I love my church. It's very weird for people to say that because most people are like, that's a place you gotta go to because it's duty. But how many know when it's a delight, you love going to your church. You love being a part of your church. You love being a part of, of God's church. And there's so many things that we're passionate about. I mean, think about this. We are a passionate people. Even people in here, they're like, I'm not, I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, you do. I've seen you at Saints games. I've seen you talk about the Tigers. Listen, we get cray-cray over preseason games. We get crazy over, over things that, whether it's hunting or shopping or, or shows or whatever it is, you're passionate about something. We're all passionate about something. And Romans 12 tells, it, tells us it this way. Watch this, Romans 12, 1, uh, 12, 11. Never be lacking in, everybody help me with that. In zeal, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Don't be lacking, you gotta keep it. This, this word zeal comes from uh, the word zealous. Zealous, watch this, zealous means to be white hot, to be boiling over, like this is, they're extremely zealous for things. This is, I think, what God wants for us, that we would be zealous for him, that we would have spiritual fervor. And I don't know if you're like me, but 2020 has been a year that it's been trying to rob my spiritual fervor. Yeah. Any of y'all feel like you're like spiritually flaking? Like you're spiritually dwindling? And God's going, no, keep your spiritual fervor. You better keep it because something's gonna try to take it, so you better keep it. And I'm here today to hopefully just blow on a little bit of flame here. Some of you, you came in here and you're like a pilot light in a gas stove. Like, that's all you got. You're like, I'm barely making it. Hey, listen, I pray today. When I was a kid, we used to love to light a match and then get hairspray and go. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Hey, that's what I'm doing today, Okay. I'm gonna take your little pilot light and we're gonna pray the Holy Spirit goes. How many you need a little hairspray in your life? Okay. Spiritual hairspray, okay? Maybe you need some physical hairspray too, but we're gonna, we're gonna dive into passion. What does passion look like? What does zeal look like? So when we read scripture, the Bible gives us a couple of things that we as followers of Christ need to be zealous about, passionate about. So I'm gonna give you those, I'm gonna give you three of them. First thing, first area that God wants us to be a passionate people is, is a passion for prayer, a passion for prayer. Now, I, I wanna begin by looking at John chapter two. John chapter two is the story of Jesus. And if there's anybody that modeled Prayer, is there anybody that modeled passion? It's Jesus. And it's sad because when you watch movies and you watch TV shows and you watch things that try to portray Jesus and you look at pictures of Jesus, he's like a malnourished little man that's very meek and mild. And I'm like, <laughs> come follow me. Like, like a Urkel version of Jesus. I mean, no, Jesus was a confident, strong, bold man that was passionate for his father. And we know this because in John chapter two is a scenario where we see him get very passionate. It says he was in the temple area and he saw merchants selling cattle and sheep and doves for sacrifices. So they were selling things. They were, they were using the church to profit from it. And he saw the dealers at the table exchanging foreign money. And Jesus makes a whip from some ropes and he chases them out of the temple, okay? So think about this. He makes a whip, okay? And he's not just like, 
Like he's like, like he is like seriously upset. He's made this whip and watch what the next verse says. He drives the sheep out. He drives the cattle out using that, just think about using that whip, scatters the money changer coins all over the floor. He turns over the tables. I mean, he is heated in this moment. And then he's going over to the people who sold the doves and he told them, get these things out of here. And the next verse says, and he stopped, tur- stopped, turning from my, uh, stopped turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples in that moment remembered a prophecy that had happened hundreds of years ago. And the prophecy said, what is it? Passion for will consume me. Passion for God's house will consume me. And that's what I want. That's what I want for our Savior's church. That's what I want for every person that is a follower of Christ, that a passion for God's house and for God's presence will consume you. There's a lot of things that consume our lives, consume our schedules, and consume our hearts. But I pray more than anything, it would be a passion for God's presence and a passion for God himself, which is why we're talking about, number one, a passion for prayer. Now, when I say prayer, depending on where you come from, depending on what your upbringing is, depending on if you grew up in a religious environment or not, when we think of prayer, most of the times we think of head bowed, very low, very quiet, very somber. We think of, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my son. You know, we think of repetitiveness. We think of, you know, like, I need to pray. But throughout scripture, do y'all know that prayer was like super passionate? Like when the disciples gather together in Acts chapter one and two, and the Bible says that they're going after the things of God and God said, hey, go and go in the upper room and just pray. And they're praying and praying and praying. The Bible says that they lifted up their voices to heaven. How many know, it wasn't just like, we lift our voices to you. It wasn't, like they were going after the Lord. James says it this way. Watch, watch how James says it. James says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Listen, heaven doesn't hear our voices because they're loud. Heaven hears our voices because we're passionate. God, I need you. God, I want you. How many know, you can be passionate for something and not be loud. I'm not talking about volume here. I'm talking about a heart that is sold out for the things of what God wants. God, I need you. God, I want you. And prayer is just that. Now, I grew up in church, okay? So I I came out of the womb. Doctor slapped me and I said, Jesus. Okay, it was just like, okay, maybe not that much. But I mean, I've been around church my whole life, literally my whole life. And I'm very grateful for it. But being around church my whole life, I saw some weird stuff. Anybody see some weird stuff growing up? Like, okay, I've been around some stuff. I've seen some weird stuff. I've been a part of some weird stuff. And I've been a part of great stuff too. But I remember, you know, Sunday school going, and you got that Sunday school teacher that's like, okay, we're about to end. And then she does like the prayer circle. Like, we're going to do a prayer circle. If you've never been in a prayer circle, you need to be in a prayer circle at some point. Because, you know, it's not, you can't pray unless you hold hands. Y'all know that's biblical, right? I don't know, show me the verse, but I mean, we're gonna, maybe it's in there. But, that, but they held hands, okay? And, and, you, and you know, when you hold hands, y'all ever like held hands with somebody for an extended period of time? It's, just, it's like a sweating, it's like sweaty fish. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like, oh God. And, and, then, and then you always, you're always in that prayer circle where someone is always like, 16 minutes long prayer. Y'all, y'all just got that person? And can I just say this? If you're ever in a prayer circle, be the first one to pray. Don't be the last. Because this is what happens. I'm gonna tell you what happens. Everybody takes up your material before they get to you. 
So be the first. Be the first one, okay? Because as they're praying, you're like, I was going to pray that. I was, I was going to pray that. I was going to pray that. And then the way it works is like everybody closes their eyes and then they like squeeze hands when it's like your turn. It's like, here, it's your turn. And then like you squeeze it back. Like, no, you take it back. And then you're like, then you like squeeze the next person. Like, you take it. Like, I'm ditto, ditto, Jesus, ditto, Jesus. You squeeze the next person. You know what I'm talking about? If you've never been in these, they're weird, okay? They're really weird. All right? And then you get done. You're like, where's the Germex? And it's just crazy. It's just, it's just all of that that goes on. And uh, man, there's been some really great stuff. And, and um, some, I'm kind of making fun of it, but there, there's something that happens when we're just genuine with the Lord, with God, I just, I need you. And many times when we get, especially when we get around people, we feel like we have to have like this very sophisticated, like thou is, O Lord, is from the heavenest, you longest for my heart. <laughs> you know, like, like we get King James when we go. It's like, I mean, sometimes the best prayer is help. Sometimes the best prayer is I need you. And so as we go into these 21 days of prayer, you're like, I don't know how to pray. Yeah, you do, because you know how to talk. You know how to talk to people. Prayer is just commune with the Lord, and God says, man, I just, I just, want, I just want you to be a people that pray. I want you to be able to pray, a pray and seek me, which is the, the, the text that I just had y'all go to, the, the pray first, to the 9,400 or 1,000 or whatever that is. Um, I want you to submit. One of the questions that's going to be on there is how can we pray for you? And I want you to respond on it. You don't have to do it right now, but at some point today, I want you to just let us know how we can be praying for you. And, and we want to just, we want to pray. We want to pray for you. And, and I, want to, I want to commission you to do something. And this is kind of a, not only just a slogan in our church, but we really mean this, that I want you to make prayer your first response, not your last resort. I want you to make it your first response, not your last resort. So we, we wear bracelets that say pray first. And now we got new merch that says pray first. And uh, how many like this? How many I want one? Um, so get your own. And so um, they are coming to an OSC near you. So I, I want us to be a church that prays first. Hey, listen, before you send that email, pray first. Hey, before you respond to your wife, pray first. Before you go comment on Facebook, Pray first. Before you respond to your kids, pray first. Before you go into that meeting, pray first. Before you leave your home, pray first. Before you go to bed, pray first. What would it look like if every, for the next 21 days, husbands prayed with their wife every day? What would it look like if every day the wife prays over her husband? What would it look like if parents pray over their children before they go to school every day for 21? What would it look like for 21 days if we just begin to say, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna pray first as a family. Before we go take off, before we go do this, we're gonna pray first. Before we go to bed, we're gonna, we're gonna pray together. Can we, can we commit for 21 days to just go after this? Let's try it. Let's try it. And let's see what God does. Number two, passion for prayer and a passion for praise. God's called us to be passionate for praise. Now, I don't know, if, if you've come to church within the last 10 years, you may or may not have known this, but I started out at our church as the worship leader. So I helped lead youth, and then I did worship, and that was my kind of dual jobs, and I did that for almost 10 years of our church. Worship has always been a thing in my family. My grandmother is a worship leader. She plays the piano. It's always been something that's been in my family. It's been a passion of mine, and I can I, just be honest, worship has gotten me through some really dark days. 
It's got me through some really, really dark days. And I want us as a church to be a church that is passionate for worship and prayer, passionately going after the presence of God. And oftentimes when we think of worship, yet again, based off of where you've come and how you've been raised, you may not have known this. So I wanna teach you what scripture says about prayer and praise and worship. And this is what it says. Watch what David says in Psalms. He puts it this way. Clap your hands. Who? All peoples. And shout to God with loud songs of joy. So it's biblical. (laughs) Biblical. Yes! Biblical. Like God calls us to shout, to clap, to sing, to worship. And some of you, listen, some of you walk into our church and you're like, I don't know about this. And I, I know, based off of where you've come, I totally get it. I've had people go, Pastor Josh, listen, love the message, still trying to figure out the worship stuff. I don't know why everybody's got all these questions, but they need to put their hands down. Um, we need to figure out what's going on here. I'm like, no, 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 listen, let me, let me explain what's going on here. Like, people are, and, and you know it, you know how to worship, yet again, because I've seen you at football games. We clap, we shout, We high five strangers. Why? Because we're passionate about something. We're passionate with other people that are around us. And I I pray that that as a church, that our our, our worship and our praise wouldn't get reserved and low key, that we would, man, we would let it go. We would just go all in and, and not be consumed with what's going on around us. And you know, for some of you, the only freedom you got is like in your foot. You know, that's that's just kind of where it's at. You're here. That's that's you. But I wanna encourage you in the weeks to come to kind of let it rise, let it go. Maybe, maybe you need to go from foot to like here, you know, carry the TV, you know, just get it right here, just whatever it may be, maybe out, I don't know, here. You don't have to go YMCA thing, okay? You can, you can keep it low, you can go one hand in a pocket, you can do whatever you want. I just wanna encourage you to be expressive. Here's, watch this, watch this. Because our hands represent our heart. When you love somebody, what do you give them? Why? Because your hands represent your heart. When you see somebody you haven't seen in a while and you high five, what are you doing? Your hands are representing your heart. So so I want to encourage us as a church to let our hands represent what Christ has done for us. Let it represent our heart. Watch what scripture says. Praise the Lord. Look, Look at this next verse. Praise the Lord. Let, come on, let's say that. Everybody, let. All that I am, come on, type that in online. If you're online, type this in. All that I am, praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. Come on, how many know that's passion? All the way up to my dying breath, I am going to praise the Lord. Now, if you know David, David was one of the greatest worshipers in scripture. In the Old Testament, David, man, loved God. The Bible said he was man after God's own heart. He, he, he played the harp. I don't know if you knew this. He was a shepherd and he played the harp. And most people would be like, he's in the band? Uh-uh. But he was also the greatest warrior there ever was. So think about this. He was cool with the band guys and cool with the football team. Like he was cool with these guys over here because he was anointed. The Bible said when he would play that the evil spirits would leave. So he's anointed to worship, yet at the same time he could switch over and slay a giant, cut his head off with a sword, and go to battle. How many know the strongest of men can even be the most passionate of worshipers? 
And yet we know, if you know the story of David, not only was he an incredible worshiper, he, was, he had incredible failures. It's a man who committed adultery, a man who had someone murdered, and yet the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. And if there's anybody who knew what worship really was, was a man who had been forgiven big time. Come on, how many know people who have been forgiven a lot know what it is to worship? And so, and so I, want you, I want to show a story of you. There's a story of, of David where the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God, the Ten Commandments were in there. there was a number of things in there that represented God's presence was stolen from the Israelites. And King David said, we've got to get this back. Years go on, and they finally do get it back. And David says, I want to be there. And so David goes out to where the Ark of the Covenant is, and he says, we are bringing it back to Jerusalem where it belongs. And so he's on his march back. Now it's eight miles, eight miles between where it was recovered and where it needs to go. And David says this, we're not gonna just go and just bring it straight in. Every six steps we take, we're going to stop and praise God. Every six, eight miles, six. <laughs> Y'all ready? Let's go. One, two, three, four, five, six, stop! Set it down, they make a sacrifice and worship and praise God. And then, all right, let's go, get it again. Six, one, two, three. That is eight miles is 14,000 steps. That's over 2,300 sacrifices. How I many know that is some incredible worship? You guys get tired over three songs. <laughs> this song again? Imagine the guys on the team. I feel like we just sang this song six steps ago. I mean, can we do a different song now? Are y'all with me? Like this is, he is so passionate about the presence of God back in his life that he's gotta stop and just give God praise for who he is. Thank you God for who you are. Six, six, six steps, six steps. Thank you God for who you are. Six steps again. God, thank you for your presence. Thank you Lord that you're here with us. What would it look like for us in the same way be a church that says, you know what, let's do that. Watch what happens. So he enters in and watch what his wife says. He enters in, it says, when David returned home to bless his household, Michael's daughter of Saul came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. She goes on and says, you've been disrobing in the sight of the slave girls and of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, it was before the Lord whom chose me rather than your father. It was God who selected me. God called me or anyone of his house when he appointed me ruler of the Lord's people of Israel. And watch this. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And come on, church. If you think we are fanatic for Jesus, listen, you hadn't seen nothing yet. First 20 years of our church, passionate for Jesus. The next 20 years, we're gonna be even more passionate for Jesus. We're gonna go after him even more. God is stirring inside of us. I'm trying to fan the flame here. God's stirring us, a passion to pray, a passion to sing, a passion to worship, a passion to go after you. Psalms says it this way. Look what David says again in Psalms. Great is the Lord, and he is what? What is he? He's most worthy of praise. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise, and no one can measure his greatness. And people are like, oh, man, aren't you just kind of being a freak for Jesus? Yes. Just being a little fanatical? Yes. Come on, there's nobody else I'd rather be fanatical for. Amen. 
Listen, I'm not going to give my praise to some 19-year-olds who don't know me and not give it to the God who made me, knows me, forgave me, freed me, delivered me, saved me, and set me free. This is, this is what God has called us to make sure that we're given everything that we have. Now, in, in North Carolina, there is a Army Force base. The F-16s are there, and uh, Camp Lejeune. You can go look this up if you want. It's an incredible story. But um, they are stationed, the base is stationed right next to an interstate, right next to an interstate. And so every time this F-16 takes off, when they hit sonic boom, they're right next to an interstate. And there have been many people that have crashed because it's been right by the interstate. And so after this has happened multiple times, they determined that they need to at least prep people to know that they're gonna hear some noise. And when the noise comes, like, be ready for it, it's coming. And here's, I want you to see the sign that they put out for people to see it. This is the sign, pardon our noise, it's the sound of freedom. Come on, can, I, can we just say as a church, pardon the noise, it's the sound of freedom. Like anybody in here has been freed and set free and delivered and, come on now. Pardon my passion, it's the sound of freedom. Not the man I used to be. I'm not the man. And I don't know anybody in here that's been set free. I pray if you haven't, 2021's your year of freedom. Because when you've been set free and you've been delivered of every debt that God could have given you and could have made you paid for, and yet he gave his son to pay for them, I'm sorry, I'm gonna be really passionate about it. I'm gonna be really passionate about it. No one has done that for me other than Jesus. So I, I want us to do this. Now, what we have to do when it comes to being passionate worshipers and praise is we've got to give God what he deserves, not what we feel. Notice that he didn't say, praise the Lord if you feel like it. He said, praise the Lord. All people, praise his name. Because if you will only worship God when you feel like it, <laughs> how many of you know? There's a lot of times you don't feel like it. But worship and praise is not about you in the first place. It's all about him and what he wants to do and what he has done in your life. I mean, you know, he is most worthy of praise. So I give God his praise, not because I need praise, but because he deserves the praise when he does that. It begins to change me. Number three is going to be a passion for people. So passion for prayer, a passion for praise, and a passion for people. And we see this in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If there's anything that God is passionate about, how I many know we need to be passionate about it? And if there's anything God is way passionate about, if you were to cut Jesus open, he would bleed people. This is what he does. He came, he stepped foot on this earth and, and became a man like you and I and suffered the most gruesome death. Why? Because he loves people. For God so loved the world. God so loved you. God so loved me. And as a church, we are going to be all about people. You know what that means? It's not about my convenience. It's not about my comfort. It's about his kingdom and what God wants to do through me to reach more people. How are you glad that there's a God who reached you? He reached you. And if I'm being honest, listen, I'm, 
I'm fine if the church stays right here, two services, a couple hundred people, a couple little staff. Like, I'm good. This is fine. I'm good. Let's settle in. But if it's not about me, and if it's not about us, and it's about seeing more people give their life to Christ and get their marriages saved and their families saved and their, their wayward children come to the home and come on, you know, we gotta add more services and we gotta plant more churches and we gotta do more things because it's about them. It's not about us. It's not about me. Oh man, I got people right next to me. Praise God. Because how I many you know every person that is in Jeff Davis Parish needs to hear about Jesus. They need to hear about how amazing he is and how much he loves them and how their guilt and shame doesn't have to, to keep them stagnant anymore and how their past doesn't have to define them anymore and that Jesus has saved them and delivered them and, and he's brought them into family. What would it look like for, for broken families to come into spiritual family and find family and find help and find strength and find everything that you longed for, that you now have? Jesus calls us as a church to say, don't always look inward. Man, you better make sure you're always looking outward. It's not just about what God's doing in me, it's what God wants to do also through me. So I'll end with this. Remember that a life not lived for others is not a life. A life not lived for others is not a life. Now, I'm gonna show you how this has played out and how the enemy has used this in 2020 is because in 2020, we, we couldn't be around people. And so we were isolated for a long time. And then we had fear that came and came onto all of us. And then there was not only isolation, but then there was, there was so much of the toxic stuff that's going on around us in, in everywhere. And what it does is it, it makes us get, become like a cocoon. We, we, we self-isolate, which is good at times. But then, but then when you get just yourself and it's just you, how many know you with you by you is not good? Lonely is by you, by yourself, right? Because, because we lie to ourselves, the enemy plays with our mind. And so, and so if you're depressed, discouraged, are just going through a lot, a lot of this emotional things, it could be, it could be that your focus has been on you more than it has been on others. Because, because here's, here's how it works, watch this. The more you give your life to others, the more you find life. The Bible says, what I give away, I always get back. But what I try to hold on to, I lose anyways. So God is calling us this year. These next 21 days as we begin this journey of going, God, I want to be passionate for prayer. God, I want to be, I want to be passionate to praise and worship you. I want to, I, I, and I want to be passionate for other people. Fasting is not just for me. I'm fasting and believing for lost family members to come to the Lord. I'm fasting and believing for some breakthrough in, in different areas of my own life. I'm, I'm fasting for our city. Come on, we need to fast for our nation right now more than ever before. We need to live for others, not for self. So wrapping all this up, how do we get our passion back? If you're here and you feel like your life is like the, the pilot light, <laughs> it's just barely flickering. How do I get that back? Well, the last book, the last words that Jesus tells us is in Revelations and he speaks to his church and he says this, yet I hold this against you, you have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen, repent, and do the things that you did 
at first. Now, he's speaking to the church. It's to the church. You, you once had at one time, you need to consider where you once were. You need to consider where you are now. And you need to repent, which means to turn. You just need to come back to me. That's, 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 that's as easy as it is. God wants relationship. Remember, not, not religion. He wants relationship. Not duty. He wants delight. So how do, we, how, do we, how do we kindle the relationship? How do you kindle your marriage? How do you kindle those relationships? Spend time together. There, there are seasons in my life where I can be real busy, working, doing things, a lot of stuff, and, and I'll lay down in bed, and Lindsay will look at me, and she, she'll say, I just don't feel close to you. And that's her words to say, you need to, you need to draw near to me a little. You need to step in a little here. You're, we're, we're, we feel a little distance right now. I don't feel connected with you. And so, so I've got to intentionally set some time and, and reconnect. Reminds me of a story of an older couple who they were driving down the road, been married for many, many, many years. Driving down the road, husband's driving, wife's on this side, and the wife looks at her husband and says, you know, there used to be a time where we sat right next to each other when we drove. And now we hug the doors. What happened? And the husband thought about it for a moment and he looked over at his wife and he said, who moved? Who moved? So today, I feel the Holy Spirit asking this same question to all of us. Who moved? Because I know he didn't. The Bible says that God is near God is close. We read this last week. If we come near to him, he comes near to us. Could it be that we moved? And so I'm, hey, listen, today, I just, I'm praying that some people just, just take a step. You just, you just scoot over on the bench and just say, God, I'm here. God, I want you. I, listen, for, in order for us to return to God, listen, we're gonna have to turn away from some other stuff. You're gonna have to make a turn. You gotta say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm stepping in because, I mean, you know, God loves us. His arms are always open. He's right there. He's, he's welcoming us back. And maybe your shame calls you to move. Maybe your past calls you to move. Maybe some things that happened in the last week or months has caused you to move. I mean, you know, he says, come on home. Welcome back. I'm ready for you. Let's come on. Let's come in. Let's come on. Let's come up. So I want to do this. I want us to pray. Would you just close your eyes? And, and yet again, just because I just want no distractions in this room, and you would be honest to say, Pastor Josh, I, my, my, my flame is way, way small right now. And I know it. I know that. I want to, I want to come back to this place of being passionate for God. I need that. I need that in my life. I'm going to actually ask you to do something very bold this morning. We're going to do something a little different. I'm going to ask you to stand all across this room. You say, I want more of him in 2021. I need that fan flame to come. I want you to stand, 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 stand. Going up all across this room, stand. And I want you to do this. If you're there, if you're in your living room, you can stand right there with us wherever you are. I want you just to lift your hands. It's just a sign of surrender. It's just a sign of God. Remember, our hands are a posture of our heart this morning. So we just, we just say, God, we need you. God, we want you.